and welcome to Afternoonify, the podcast that's part of a balanced breakfast. I'm Emily. And I'm not sure what that was. <laughs> Did that, that one feel better for you? Yeah, yeah that felt a little better. <laughs> um, okay. Hi. You're going to talk about some scary shit. And I'm going to try not to scream this episode so it peaks the levels and crackles in your ear. Yeah, please don't scream. Although this is terrifying, so you're going to have to really try. Well, you know, um, yeah. So this week we are talking about sleep paralysis, which is something that 8% of all people will experience at some point in their lives. So 8% of you out there probably know what I'm talking about. I must be part of the 20%. The 20%? Oh, wait, 8%. I thought you said 80%, and I was like, that's a lot. You've never had sleep paralysis. I don't know if that was sleep paralysis or if I was just really high. No, you would know if it was sleep paralysis. You literally can't move, and it's like the most terrifying thing ever. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm on the fence. Yeah. Did you hallucinate? Um. It was partially that, like, I fell asleep, and then I woke up, and I thought my backpack was the Duke, Like, it was hanging on the back of my mirror, and the shape. I don't know. It was really weird, and, like, it scared the ever-loving shit out of me. Yeah. I don't know. It might have been, but usually it's, like, a lot more obvious. Like, voices will actually talk to you, and you'll see, like, demons sitting on your chest. Oh, way to spoil the episode. It's super interesting. There's a lot more interesting stuff. It wasn't spoiling. But, alright, so I should start by explaining to everybody what sleep paralysis is. Yes. It is an experience that happens either during your wake up or your falling asleep process. And you lose your ability to move, speak, or otherwise react to anything, really. But you're aware of being awake. So your brain's awake, but you can't move your body. It's like being in a tiny coma? Kinda, yeah. Like, you can kind of move your eyes a little bit. And, like, if you really, really try, you can kind of make sounds. You can't, like, move your lips or anything. So you can kind of, like, (laughs) if you really, really, like, try. But it takes, like, like, a ton of effort. It's weird. Ah, that sounds fun. Um, no, because it is very, very often experienced in conjunction with acute anxiety and hallucinations. See, which that's are what... A variety. You never have a good sleep paralysis. <laughs> never, like, hot guys stripping above you. Like, it's never a good thing. It's always, I don't like, know. I don't know. Not being able to move or speak in that situation is also terrifying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the scariest part of it. You can't move. Um... So it lasts anywhere from a few seconds to a few minutes, and that, I think, is really scary, because when you're that afraid, a few seconds feels like a really long time. Yeah, I can't even imagine what the longer end of that is like. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait till I get to where I tell some of the stories that people have, like, submitted. Oh, God. Um, so basically, sleep paralysis stuff falls, um, and it's basically a nightmare where you're awake. Um, there are no pleasant sleep paralysis hallucinations. It's, they're just not pleasant. Mm. <laughs> That's not funny. I'm sorry. I was doing that thing where you laugh because you don't know what to do. What to do. 
<laughs> Did you just awkward turtle me? Yeah. <laughs> like, like an upward one. It's like flying away. <laughs> Alright, so the causes are genetics, so you can pass this awful, awful ability onto your children. Um, sleep deprivation, um, those are the main ones, but it can also be worsened by sleep apnea, migraine, stress, anxiety disorders, and narcolepsy. See, also I'm, I'm worse by sleeping flat on your back. I'm amazed that this hasn't happened to me yet. Yeah, I mean, some people get it, some people don't, but anxiety attacks and stress and stuff like that, but puts you at higher risk. So don't sleep on your back or else you probably will get it. Oh, I sleep face first. Oh, good. Most people don't get sleep paralysis when they're face down. Some people get it on their side, but most people who experience it, experience it on their back. I would almost Which, say that if you got it when you were sleeping face down, it might be worse because then, like, if you can hear things, but you can't see them. That uh, and, um, well, let's go over the, uh, symptoms. And you'll realize why it's even more scary to do it face down. So... These are the different things that you experience while you're in the middle of like a sleep paralysis episode. You will hear hissing, humming, static sounds, zapping, buzzing sounds, voices, whispering, roars. You'll feel really intense fear, really intense panic, hallucinations often of supernatural creatures, feelings of being suffocated, feeling like or even seeing something sitting on your chest. Difficulty breathing, shadowy figures, feeling like you're being watched, out-of-body experiences, sexual arousal, <laughs> pain, muscle spasms in your limbs, um, a floating sensation, and feeling like you're moving or like having vertigo. The sexual arousal is just out of a fear response, like when your body what? gets really, really afraid. If you get a boner, it's just like that's how the body works. I, I, I had no idea. Yeah, because your body, like, tries to, like, when you get really afraid and stressed out, it gives you, like, happy hormones to try and, like, calm you back down. And when you get a lot of happy hormones, I mean, you get happy. I wish you had started singing that Pharrell song instead. <laughs> yeah, that's probably best they didn't. Yeah, well. You can see why it would be a lot scarier if you were face down, because you're already feeling like you're suffocated and you have, like, problems breathing. And then to have your face mashed into a pillow... And feel like someone is, like, sitting on your back. Yeah. Or your chest. I mean, they didn't say gravity really, like, you know. That's even... Ah. Ah. It's intense. All right. So basically what happens, why this happens, is that, uh, well, people don't totally know, but there are some theories. But essentially, somehow your REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep gets interrupted. And basically the way you sleep is you go through cycles. So you go from like light sleep to heavier sleep to even heavier sleep to like the yeah. deepest sleep that's really hard to wake you up from. And then you like kind of come back up and you actually dream when you're in your lightest, huh. your heaviest, which people I think don't realize. But, but when you're asleep, your body sends out hormones to paralyze you. So that way you don't like act out your dreams and like throw yourself out of bed or like hurt somebody like, like sleepwalking. Make this bitch hold still. I mean, technically your body is your brain's bitch. That's what I'm saying, and it it puts the smack down at night when you're sleeping. <laughs> or during the day, I don't know when you sleep, but um, that 
that paralysis is called REM atonia. And if you get sleep paralysis while you're falling asleep, it's called hypnagogic or predormital sleep paralysis. Well, that sounds get... just like a barrel of fun. I know. I almost want it, but not. <laughs> when you're waking up, it's called hypnopompic or postdormital sleep paralysis. Uh, so, yeah. Um, there are some theories as to oh. why this shit happens and again we're going to talk about sex because we need to put it in every episode i mean it's better than serial killers but we could start doing both yeah i'm sure there are serial killers who have experienced sleep paralysis there it was we put serial killers into the episode um (laughs) do you know i that's what i'm trying to think of i know albert fish had some issues but i think that was mostly just being awake well, sleep paralysis, the theory, sorry, I'm tired today, um, the theories about it and, like, it becoming, like, a commonly known thing was really recent, so, like, last, like, 50 years. Well, that's because before that, everyone was blaming it on ghosts. Yeah, ghosts and demonic possession and religious experiences and... My cat is... <laughs> My cat is trying to break into the bathroom again, and she scared the shit out of me because the door started to move. Uh-huh. So, theories. I have four of them. Oh. Um, so, it could be caused by an overlap of the wake-up cycle and the REM sleep cycle. So, instead of like you going through all your sleep cycles and then going through the wake-up process, you start to go through the wake-up process while you're still in REM sleep which sort of causes, like, a two-in-one reaction, so, like, you're asleep and awake at the same time. Um, this is supported by the fact that upon observation of individuals experiencing sleep paralysis, their REM cycles are interrupted, like, if you look at, like, brain waves. So that actually has some support. Um, another idea, this is where we're going to get sexy about it, is neural. Is what? Neural function, like your neurons. Neural I like neural. the word. I like the word neural. It's almost as good as the word nude. Nude and neural. Nude. <laughs> nude. The neural functions that regulate your sleep um, maybe get out of balance, and it causes um, different sleep states to overlap. So you can be like in light sleep and deep sleep at the same time, which isn't supposed to happen. Um, basically what happens is there's two kinds of sleep hormones, or I guess not hormones, but like neural bodies that are activated. And one of them are called, um, cholinergic, cholinergic sleep. Of course those. Yes. Yes. We all know. And the other ones are called serotonergic sleep. And basically what they think happens is that the first one is really overactive and the second one is really underactive. And so when one takes priority over the other, it makes it um, like harder or easier for you to get aroused in your sleep, which is actually a very normal part of the sleep process. You're supposed to get turned on at night, apparently, um, but it actually makes it harder for you to get turned on, and like somehow that causes sleep paralysis. Obviously, it's it's a totally logical jump. <laughs> it sounds like something that who's the famous psychologist guy that got totally disproven. Freud. This sounds like Freud. Yeah. You um, got disproven? Sorry, I don't keep up with this. 
oh yeah yeah no he's not credible at all um a few of his ideas were okay but most of them was just like total bullshit like you don't always marry men that look like your father and not fuck their mom yeah i'm glad that's a thing yeah um another theory is that your regulation of melatonin is off so you're more easily woken up even during your deeper states of sleep which kind of confuses the brain fun fact i can't take melatonin because it gives me really fucked up dreams it does that to me too i get really bad nightmares of melatonin yeah i i mean they're like bizarre and like unsettling and i can't i can't take it yeah i had like a three day long lucid dream like, and I, it wasn't, like, one of those dreams that, like, passes really fast. Like, I remember, like, being in that dream world for, like, could physically feel three days go by. That's insane. I woke up, I, like, like, I missed Lucas. Like, I was, like, missed my home. I was, yeah, I'm gone for so long. Like, that's such Hold, please. Lucy, I swear to God, if you don't, knock it off. Don't think the cat speaks English. You would be surprised. It's not like she speaks German. I mean, maybe. Wait, nine. Um, the last cause is genetics. And basically, they're just saying that parents pass on a certain gene, you're more likely to have fucked up sleep cycles. So. The nightmare gene? Nightmare gene. Yeah, basically. It's like yeah. an off-brand Freddy Krueger. It's like, is that how it's a nightmare gene? <laughs> so there are three major types of sleep paralysis hallucinations. Mm, delicious. Um, and they can all actually be described by your parietal lobes, which are on the sides of your head right here. I, I, I mean, I wish they could see where you're touching. That sounds awful. Uh, you're giving yourself little bunny ears. Everywhere that you would put, like, a headband. Like, put a headband on your head, that's where. It's also known as the Blair Waldorf region. Yes. That's <laughs> right. Um, so the three major hallucination types that can be described by what's going on in your parietal lobes are intruder hallucinations, which I have experienced. I think um, you've told that story before. Yeah, it's yikes. It sucks. <laughs> Just yikes. It's multiple yikes. Yike. <laughs> it is so many yikes. <laughs> I can't imagine a situation where it would just be one yike. Like, whew, yikes. Like, just a little, like, whew. What if you, like, step off a curb too quickly? That That's a yike. Yikes! I don't know. It sounds like a slur. I don't know why. Well, I mean, it sounds like a thing that's a slur. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. But, I mean, is it a collection of yike? <laughs> or is it just called one yikes? Kind of like... Know. Just end in S. So it's like the opposite of moose. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. <laughs> Second type of hallucination is an incubus, succubus type situation. I don't really like incubus. I feel like there was a lot better alternative rock bands. That's why from the... <laughs> people are having sleep paralysis about them. I just, it's very rude of them to show up in people's nightmares. Um, yeah. It's not a but, good band. Yeah. But basically, rapey stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And then 
vestibular motor sensation, which is a really fancy way of saying that you're having like an out-of-body experience. Um, so, okay, so the way that this all happens, the way that this, this part of the brain can describe this, is that when you sleep, the amount of information that your brain sends to the body versus the amount of information that the body sends back up to the brain as feedback is like way off. Like your brain is sending out a lot more signals than it's getting back. Like your body's not like sensing as much. And so it's like asleep. Well, yeah, and it just confuses the brain. It's like if all of a sudden, like, so the parietal lobes are responsible for like your image of yourself. Okay. You like, you can always, no matter like what position you're in, like without even looking, like you can tell about how far away like your foot is from your face. Like, you're aware of, like, where your body is in space and, like, where you are and, like, what you will fit into, you know? Okay. That's that part of the brain. And so when it's not getting the same amount of feedback as it's used to, it gets really, really out of whack and can't figure out, like, where you are or how big you are or how far away something is. Like, you lose kind of, like, all bodily, like, recognition. And so that is one thing that causes hallucinations. Your body, like, trying to overcompensate. Okay. Um, uh, your parietal lobe is also responsible for image distortion during sleep paralysis. Similar thing, but, um, it's very common to see shadowy figures mimicking your, like, position or your movement. So if you do manage to finally move, like, the shadowy figure will, like, move with you. And Uh. it's a way of, like, trying to project what, like, is going on in your body outside of the body to try and, like, help you understand where you are. I'm afraid to sleep now. Like, I'm just yeah. terrified to sleep. It is terrifying. Um, um, yeah, so that, yeah. Um, your parietal lobe also deals with, like, threat hypervigilance. So because you can't move, all of a sudden you're so much more aware of how, like, vulnerable you are. And mm-hmm. so because of that, that makes you really, really afraid. And the more afraid you get, the, like, more you're panicking about not being able to, like, help yourself. And yeah. so it's this endless cycle that just spirals out of control. So a lot of people hallucinate that someone's, like, breaking into their house. Because that's, like, what makes you feel most helpless. And oh. it's just by your own fear. That's, like, what I experienced when I had that sleep paralysis that one time was um, I woke up and, like, heard someone opening our front door and was, like, trying to, like, turn my head to, like, look at him. But I couldn't. Like, I was stuck staring at the ceiling. And I was trying to, like, wake Lucas up, but I couldn't move, and I couldn't, like, moan loud enough. It was just like, uh, like, couldn't get him to wake up. <laughs> and it was just, like, terrifying. And I couldn't hear them, like, with grocery bags, which I don't really get why that's scary. But they were, like, bringing groceries in my apartment. I didn't know who it was, and it was really early in the morning, so it was really, really terrifying. I mean, if someone's going to be breaking into my apartment, I would really enjoy it if they had a couple lean cuisines instead of, like, a hatchet. I didn't know it was in those grocery bags. That could have just been how they transported their, like, murder tools. Like, they stopped by Hatchet's R Us and just didn't take it out of the bag? Yeah, they elected for plastic over paper, you know, and... You know. So they're killing the environment and they're gonna kill you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, hypervigilance. <laughs> um, it's created inside your brain, basically, um, and further contributes to hallucinations, more specifically the emergency response um, when you're paralyzed and feel vulnerable. 
um, you kind of get like this, you know, emergency, like everything in your brain is on high alert, like adrenaline, fight or flight type response. Um, so like which ev- further hallucinations. Yeah, so like everything in here is, and I'm pointing to my head when I say in here is firing up, but like your body is like, ah, no. It's, yeah, it can't do anything. Well, that's the thing though, is that your brain is what's paralyzing your body. So your brain is being an idiot and holding you still and saying, you gotta move, but like holding you down. So your brain's an asshole. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like that scene in Austin Powers, I know. Where they're gonna run over him with the steamroller and he's just like standing there screaming. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much. That's like, exactly what it is. Um, the scientists think that it's kind of your brain's way of like erring on the side of caution. Like, it's like, I don't know if anything's gonna happen now that I'm paralyzed, but like, let's just go ahead and assume the worst. <laughs> <laughs> trying to like Aram set a caution to increase your survivability, I guess. And that also explains why mostly paralysis hallucinations are described as evil or demonic or like murdery. Okay. You're assuming the worst. So it's kind of like what you're most afraid of. Okay. And for a lot of people, it's like demons because a lot of people are more afraid of demons than they are like home intruders. So a lot of people will actually hallucinate like demons, like literally sitting on your chest. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of, like, ghost stories and stuff, um, especially weirdly in, like, haunted hotels and stuff, and I think that might have to do with your brain is already stressed out because you're in a place that's supposed to be haunted and you're not in your house, so it's a little weird. But a lot of people, when they report paranormal activity um, in haunted hotels and stuff, it's always, like, I couldn't move, like, there was something on my chest, um, mm-hmm. or they see someone standing at the end of the bed. Yeah, that's really common, too, the standing on the end of the bed. Um, so in order to diagnose this, we're going to get through the science stuff and then we can get into the fun story. Stories! <laughs> so in order to diagnose it, um, you, there's basically two major classifications of sleep paralysis and there's isolated sleep paralysis, which is where it happens very rare, like once or twice in your life, you know, sometimes, or there's recurrent isolated sleep paralysis, which are where they are, um... It's a chronic condition. They recur throughout the person's whole life. They can last up to an hour or longer. That's disgusting, and I hate it. Imagine a demon sitting on your chest, like, yelling, like, literally screaming up top of their lungs in your face for an hour. I'm getting creeped out, and I'm just, like, alone in my bathroom. That, again, I'm recording this in the bathroom. I feel like that needs to be. (laughs) I'm not just in the can. Um... (laughs) <laughs> I think it's funnier if you tell people you're recording from the toilet. I mean, the the laptop is on the toilet. I'm in the bathtub. Here we are, folks. Afternoonified coming to you from the can. Um, the recurrent uh, sleep paralysis. In the shitty one. <laughs> shitty one that happens a lot they have a higher occurrence of like out of body experiences whereas people that only get get them once or twice don't usually experience like standing next to your body and looking down at it like yeah that's more with people that get it all the time um that could be a lot of where um people think astral projection is a thing it yeah it really could be um like recurrent isolated sleep paralysis 
Just blowing a hole through the entire plot of Insidious. Sorry, folks. It's just like <laughs> Insidious wasn't real. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, the shorter ones, the, the ones, the ISP, or isolated sleep paralysis, are um, generally short, usually no longer than one minute, and are typically associated with intense hallucinations. So, however, people that get the recurrence type um, can suffer back-to-back episodes in the same night, which ah. unlikely in people that experience, like, the non-recurrent yeah. sleep paralysis. Um, however, it can be very easy to be misdiagnosed as having cataplexy brought on by narcolepsy. And what what is the first thing? Cataplexy. So cataplexy is like here. I'll look up the exact definition. We'll we'll actually go in there and look at it. Um, let's see what Wikipedia wants to tell me about it eventually. But so the best way to English between them is like how often they happen. Uh-huh. That's all the difference between like a narcolepsy and like sleep paralysis. But... Narcolepsy is where you fall asleep everywhere, right? Yeah, it's where you fall asleep really, really randomly and that can cause cataplexy, which I think it is when like you're awake but can't move. It's, it's basically sleep paralysis but not... Because yeah. the it's like being catatonic, basically. Yeah. Oh, so it's like your body falls asleep. So cataplexy is a sudden and transient episode of muscle weakness accompanied by full conscious awareness, typically triggered by emotions such as laughing, crying, or terror. It is the cardinal symptom of narcolepsy, with cataplexy affecting roughly 70% of people who have narcolepsy. And it was caused by an autoimmune destruction of the neurotransmitter hypocritin, also called orexin, which regulates muscle <laughs> and wakefulness. Sleep and, like, sex are, like, parallel. Like, they run together. Like, if you have a sex problem, you probably have a sleep problem. So get some sleep, gentlemen, if you're having issues. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so narc- one of the other ways that you can tell if you have cataplexy or sleep paralysis is that you're way more likely to get cataplexy while falling asleep, whereas sleep paralysis is more common when you're waking up. This is maybe not related, but... You know when you're falling asleep and then you're like half dreaming and you like dream that you're like stepping off of something and then you wake up in a yeah. panic. Yeah. What what the fuck is that? I don't know. That's I don't know. I think that's maybe your body failing to paralyze you. Okay, cuz that happens to me a lot. I think it's yeah, I think it's like related like more of a sleepwalking, like where your body isn't paralyzed and should be. Oh, okay. But I did not look up a lot on my foot is so asleep right now. Holy shit. Hopefully it doesn't get sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis of the foot. Maybe your foot's gonna hallucinate really tight, uncomfortable shoes. <gasps> or like a foot cramp. No. <laughs> Alright, so preventing sleep paralysis, which is important for everyone because now you're all way too terrified to go to sleep tonight. Oh yeah, yeah, never sleeping again. Sleep on your side or stomach, not your back. Get better sleeping habits and have a very regular sleeping schedule, less stress, meditate. <laughs> yeah. Less Real stress. You're right, yeah. Um, meditate. Uh, people that meditate have shown they're far less likely to get sleep paralysis. Um, don't sleep with your head up as high. Like, use fewer pillows. 
Um, I'm, I'm getting the pins and needles tingles right now, and like I really just want to throw myself off a building. Uh, the first ever, this is a random fun fact that doesn't have anything to do with the science, but um, <laughs> the first, thought to be the first classic depiction of sleep paralysis um, is a painting called The Nightmare by Henry Fuseli that was painted in 1781. And it's a picture of a person sleeping in bed on their back, and there's this little demon crouching, yes! like, laughing in their face. I've seen Terrible. this! It's so yeah. creepy! Yeah. there. People think that that's the first, like, real depiction of sleep paralysis. Well, I will definitely post that on the website. Yes, please. All right. Oh, wait. Uh, one second. Um, just before I forget, I texted you about it, but the thing in Disneyland you were thinking of where people fall off of it and they close it is the people mover. Yeah, that must be it. I've always thought it was the monorail, but... No, uh, People Mover closed in the late 80s. Um, anyway, continue. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Questions answered. All right, so I'm just going to read a couple of these stories because I think they're really interesting and really, like, this first one, like, makes my skin crawl. But oh, great. says, I've never had any visual encounters, but when it happened the first time, I was laying on my left side and started to feel that pressure on my chest. When I realized I was paralyzed and started panicking, something whispered in my ear, just coming in to say goodnight. Oh, That's shit. Like something was pushing me towards the edge of my bed. Terrifying. Shit. Ooh. Ooh, that, like, gives me goosebumps. I mean, I would hope, like, this is probably not, like, never going to happen, but the voice that, like, whispers in your ear, like, it would be really nice if it was, like, Carol Channing's voice <laughs> instead of... I don't you know, think it, I think it's usually demonic. They're uh, usually accompanied with either like creepy whispers or like roars. Like they'll just start screaming. Great. So it's like gonna... Oh. <laughs> a little girl in the corner of my room will just stare at me. Then without notice, she'll shriek as loud as humanly possible and run up and start choking me. No, you thank you. Can't move at all. And they're just like choking you. <laughs> I'm good. Um, That's no thank you. Yeah. A large dark figure, um, kind of a human silhouette, emerging from the foot of my bed and staring down at me. I'm just gonna put my back up against the wall because now <laughs> I'm soups creeped out. Um something banging and scraping on my bedroom door. I keep it locked at night because I have had sleep paralysis hallucinations where the door opens by itself. And it's not the door actually opening, it's, it only opens in the dream. But, yeah. Um, my bedroom door opening by itself, followed by dark figures coming into my room. Multiple. Multiple, like dark, like robed figures. That's many yikes. <laughs> that is all the yikes. Just a bucket of yikes. The earliest one I can remember is with my mother in the room, and she's sitting on my bed, and then her face morphs into a demon-like thing, and she, like, screams. Ugh. Ooh, like, these are just, like, they make my skin crawl. I don't like it. No. But, yeah, that's sleep paralysis. That was super not our longest episode. But, I mean, definitely I mean, fine. Skin um... I mean, we probably owe these people a break because last week's episode was over an hour long. Yeah, so I don't feel bad about it. We gotta have a shortest one sometime. And I think we got enough spoopiness into one episode. There was much spoop. Much spoop, many yikes. 
<laughs> Very creep. Um, yeah, that, I can't imagine, like, the time that it maybe happened to me, like, I couldn't move, but again, I'm not sure if I was just, like, violently too high. Um, yeah, it was one of the the scariest things that's ever happened to me, like, and it took me a good, like, hour to get back to sleep after I could move again. Yeah. So I think the moral of that story is just don't smoke a bunch of weed and then watch horror movies. Yeah, that'll mess you up. Um, but yeah, that's all right. Well, if, if you guys you... are scared shitless, then donate. We're not gonna like intimidate them into giving us money. Donate, or else I'll do it again. <laughs> um. So if you like this episode, tell us on Twitter at Afternoonified. We're also on Instagram at Afternoonified, uh, Facebook.com slash Get Afternoonified. And our website is www.getafternoonified.com, and you can make donations, see past episodes, leave us comments, send us emails. Um, Faces. Yes. Remember to like, review, subscribe, all of the stuff that you do. Yeah, all those um, buzzwords, do them. Um, and I would like to give a thank you to Stephen Ray Goddamn Morris. Yeah! The <laughs> nicest person ever. Um, go listen to his podcast, The Purcast. Um, especially after this, because it's such gentle you podcasting. It's in time after this. Yes. Um... Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all we have for you this week, guys. Let all us right. know your experiences with sleep problems. Yes. Actually, we would love to hear them. Please. I'm addicted. Yeah. I'm truly addicted. Just sitting reading. Yeah. About people's dreams. People's bad dreams. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Bye. Bye.